You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hope you had a great weekend. Bill Ryder with you, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way to get it, Rocket can. A lot going on. A lot going on since last we hung out here on CBS Sports Radio, on the Odyssey app with your wonderful affiliate, however you're listening. We have a World Series champion. We have chaos in college football. We have a chaotic tweet about that from executive producer Tom DeCelestino. We've got a roadmap of sorts for Kyrie Irving to return to the Brooklyn Nets and NBA basketball from the Brooklyn Nets. And we've got some NFL action that surprised. A year of upsets, right now 58% of underdogs have covered so far this year and a equally historic number of upset, or I should say, dogs have actually won games. And we saw a lot of that continue over the weekend. Bills go down, a bunch of things to get into. Mike Florio is going to help us sort through it in an hour. We've got buy or sell. And you can call us at 855-212-4CBS, Twitter, Sports Writer, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Um, here's the way, let me just pull back the curtain a little bit on how the radio show works. And I'm going to get details advice. We sort of we get on the phone, what do we want to talk about? Should we talk about the Chiefs barely winning, but winning in overtime on the road against a Titans team that put up a really impressive fight despite having almost no quarterback play. And you saw that at the end of overtime. Poor young dude running the wrong direction. It gets confusing sometimes. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, again, finds a way to win. And he threw the ball somewhere in the neighborhood of 439 times. It was an insane insane outing from Mahomes, just in terms of productivity. And you saw on the other side of the equation earlier in the day, even those of us that expected it, that the Packers would underwhelm, that they are what they've shown us so far, it's still just bizarre to see them lose games. It is bizarre to see them lose games with all respect to the Detroit Lions, to the Detroit Lions, and it's certainly bizarre to see multiple turnovers from Aaron Rodgers, including two in the red zone. So I was trying to think how to how to do this. How, how should I tackle this? This we call it the open. That's what you're in right now. It's the open. Diesel looks horrified. Tom, what? I'm I'm pulling the curtain back for the people, bro. Okay. Good morning. Good morning to you, Bill. Happy Monday. You see, I've taken my glasses off, prepared to read something, and I wrote down a tale of two quarterbacks. That's what I wrote down. My little piece of paper. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you like highfalutin stuff? Do you like Do you like being different on the radio? Uh, I like being different on the radio. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that. Do you know where a tale of two quarterbacks comes from? Do you know the play on words that is? Uh, no, no, I do not. Okay. It's a tale of two cities by Dickens in my hand. I'm going to read the opening paragraph, but I'm going to change it. Are you Are you cool with that? Let's do it. Are you sure? Yeah. We don't want Dickens' birthday. I don't care when he was born. This is what it feels like. I didn't want to do this. Tom asked me to. You ready? You look like you're going to lose your job. It's just me who's going to lose his job. Don't worry. It was the best of times, Tom. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom from Mahomes. It was the age of foolishness from Aaron. It was the, I can't pronounce this word, epoch? Epic? It was the epoch of belief. And the same word of incredulity. I can't say that either. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. This is pretty overwritten. It was the spring of touchdowns. It was the winter of interceptions. 
We had everything before us, a 6-3 and three record. We had nothing before us, a 3-6 and six record. We were going all the way. We were going directly out with no postseason. The period was so far like the present period that some of the noisiest authorities insisted on it being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. I don't know what any of that means. Here's what I do know. Pretty sure, if I remember, English, Mr. Kilgore, Dubuque, Iowa, 1992, class of 96. Paris and London, I think, are the two cities, and they're very, very similar. Only small things make major differences in the direction of the history of those cities, and small things have made major differences in the directions of these two franchises. And this radio show. This is our last show. <laughs> Just kidding. I hope. <laughs> Just kidding. You can make the argument, and we almost started the show, I almost started the show, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the expression I keep using, and I think you put in the email, is they keep playing with their food. And the problem with that is your food can get away. But they still sit in a very impressive position in their division, in the NFL, with the proper record, at what, 6-3, and three, this is a really, really good football team. A really good football team. Because they find ways to win. Hell, they're 6-2. and two. They're 6-2. and two. Titans played them tough, shut them down from a scoring sense for large parts of the first half. Mahomes had to pull off a late drive at the end of the game against a Titans defense that was phenomenal. And I, I'm, I'm on the Mike Vrabel train. I've been on it. I think they're excellent. They're not fool's gold. I've seen those headlines this morning. They don't have a quarterback. And somehow Mike Vrabel was one Mahomes drive of magic away from beating that Chiefs team. I don't care that it was in Nashville. It doesn't matter that it was a home game. That was a hell of a performance. And if you watch the game, Mahomes threw the ball 60-some times, I think is the final number. But it was his legs that at the end of that drive was able to cut through a defense that really stagnated the Chiefs for large parts of the game. And then in overtime, and I hate the stupid overtime rules, in overtime, it wasn't an easy thing for the Chiefs. They moved the ball. They make some amazing plays. Kelsey made a catch basically across his body that was incredible on third down. But the Chiefs went for it on fourth down, converted, and then still didn't score the touchdown, had to settle for the field goal, giving the Titans a chance for a field goal to at least make it a possible tie because you play the full the full entirety of that overtime. Or a win if they could move the ball down the field. They couldn't do it. Chiefs found a way to win. And that's the exact opposite of a Packers team that was better in most facets of the game than the Lions until they got the ball into the red zone. The differences between these teams, the tail of a Chiefs team that is one of the favorites, and the Bills lost yesterday, I'm not going to freak out about it, but it's significant for Kansas City. A Chiefs team that may be the best in the NFL, the difference between them and a Packers team that is an embarrassment, that has people frustrated and angry. You're going to hear Aaron Rodgers in a minute asking excuse me, answering questions about how unhappy and miserable he is. If I may delve a little bit further into A Tale of Two Cities, the chaos of the Packers, I think that was Paris and the French Revolution, and the stability and the power and the empire that's still being built of the Kansas City Chiefs, the difference for me is in those two players. The Chiefs this year, including last night, have won three games by six or fewer points. They haven't played well in some of those games. Chargers, week two, they won by three. Didn't look like the better team for long stretches when we thought the Chargers were good. Barely beat the Raiders, what, almost a month ago now, by a single point. 
messed around with Buffalo, lost that game, but it was close. And then Tennessee yesterday. Tennessee, and I think Tennessee's actually a pretty good football team, but they're not outstanding. They're not in the Chiefs, they're not in the Chiefs realm. They're not. We know the Raiders can't hold 17-point leads. Third one they blew over the course of the year. We'll hit that later in the show. What a debacle. And we know the Chargers, even when they had a healthy Justin Herbert, have been underwhelming. But the Chiefs have found ways to win because of their quarterback and their quarterback play, and you saw it last night. And the reality for the Packers is they have had a similar number of games in which they had an opportunity to win, in which they played like the Chiefs in all three of the games I just mentioned, including last night. And whereas Mahomes in Kansas City, tale of two quarterbacks, I'm telling you, and therefore two franchises, found a way, Mahomes found a way to lead his team at the end of that game. Rodgers hasn't been able to do it. And it was epitomized absolutely and completely by yesterday's game. Because there's no excuse to losing to the Lions. There's just not. It's not acceptable. It's not okay, even on the road. 15-9 yesterday. Three Aaron Rodgers interceptions. Two in the red zone. Two in the red zone. And that caps losses against the Giants this year, at home, by the way, by five, and by, against the Commanders on the road by, by two. Again, not great teams. Maybe the Giants are good. Maybe. Commanders are, are fine. The story's been Aaron Rodgers. Last year, and by the way, if you flip all those, the flip the script all those games, if... Aaron Rodgers does what Mahomes did and what Rodgers did in the past and plays with a level of excellence that, yes, it's individualistic, and it has to be, but that's what quarterback play at the highest level is supposed to be. And I don't think we're asking too much. It's not like I'm asking Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Matthew Stafford to do those things, which is a fair expectation based on each of those gentlemen's talent, accomplishments, paycheck, all those things. But it's a question mark. It shouldn't be for Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not the same player. Had he been in all three of those games, the Packers are 6-3 and three instead of 3-6. and six. Last year, last year, that Packers team, in which Aaron Rodgers led them to a very successful season, disappointing the playoffs, in which they were a force and a contender, in which Rodgers won his second MVP in a row, that team, that Packers team last year, won five games, five of their games, by three or fewer points. What was the difference? They had Aaron Rodgers. What's the difference this year? They have a different version of Aaron Rodgers. And you can hear it, not just in Rodgers' answer, although I think it's clear, And if you watch the game, the body language. But the fact that a reporter, and I don't know who Pete is, but good work there, Pete, covering the Packers in Wisconsin. You're going to hear Rodgers reference him. You can hear Pete the reporter, our listeners in Milwaukee will know who it is, Pete the reporter asking, I think, the appropriate question at this level of play. At this level, it's implied here. Individually, your level of poor play, Aaron Rodgers, are you you bummed you didn't retire? And we're going to let you have the question and the answer. You kicked around with Pat at least possibly retiring in the offseason, is that right? Um, do you at all regret not retiring? I mean, you just there are times outside looking in where you look almost miserable on the field sometimes. I think that's an exaggeration, Pete. Um, frustration and miserability are two different emotions. So um, when I decided to come back, it was all in, and, and I don't make decisions. And then, you know, hindsight, 2020, you know, have regrets about uh, big decisions like that. So I was all in, and uh, this is uh, a lot of life lessons for sure this year. Um, but luckily, it's not over. There's still a lot of games left. We'll be counted out, probably by many, and we'll see how we respond. What's interesting about that is is he's right. He will be counted out by many, including me. And when I heard him say that yesterday, I thought to myself, I could be wrong. But in the past. Aaron Rodgers, 
And we've had these moments. Not this dire, but we've had these moments later in the season, usually where the math is difficult for the Packers to make the postseason, where Rodgers says some version of that in a much more confident tone, in a much happier tone, doesn't look like he's in a prison, doesn't look like he's in Shawshank Redemption halfway through a life sentence, and he says some version of him, we're going to do it. What he, saw, what he said is, we'll see. Not, we're going to do it. Very different than Patrick Mahomes. And again, like the, the joy, and, but the honesty. Mahomes talking about how that went, and he's not saying this, but I will. His individual performance at the end of regulation, and again in overtime. His ability twice in both those drives to escape the really impressive defensive scheme that Mike Vrabel and that organization and that defensive staff put together to box in the Chiefs. For Mahomes to individually break out of it with the game on the line to tie it and send it to overtime and to move the ball down the field, they only got a field goal, but to ultimately win, that's not just the stuff of winning on a Sunday night. That's the stuff of the difference between the season the Chiefs are probably going to have and the one the Packers are probably going to have. These are the, t- the playoff games. These are games you're going to need if you want to try to win a Super Bowl. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to be that, that high flying scoring every time we're out there on the field. Um, but I think with the schedule that we've played, we've won all different type of ways against a lot of great football teams. So uh, we show that we can do it in different ways. Um, but uh, we got to keep it going. We got to keep building, keep getting better offense, defense, special teams, uh, and try to prepare ourselves to go out there and win the AFC West. We can talk about the lack of um, receiving weapons and talent. For the Packers. Fine. We can get into the Packers front office trying desperately to leak to anyone that'll listen. I guess we could get them on the show probably if we just give them one of those fake voice things, you know, and say someone from the from the front office that they tried to get a receiver. We can talk about the underwhelming defensive moments for that Packers team. Well, that wasn't true certainly yesterday against, by the way, a, a Lions squad that that's put up some points this year in losses, but they put up some points. Wasn't the defense yesterday, Green Bay? You know that. 15 points with Aaron Rodgers playing anybody, especially the Detroit Lions, should be enough to win a football game. The reality is that outstanding quarterbacks, great quarterbacks at the top of their game, are able to make the difference. They're able to be the ones who, in those individualistic moments, get it done. And here's an uncomfortable reality for the Packers that I think they have to wrestle with. In the past, there's been a sense of excellence and a safety net, Devontae Adams and others, That's allowed the Packers to play really well and not have those games feel like every moment is dire. But when the moments have been dire, when the games have felt like playoff games, because they have been playoff games, and I'm saying the last few years, Rodgers has come up small. He has. We've discussed on the show his record in NFC Championship games and the consecutive number of games he's lost. You have to go all the way back a long time ago, decade ago, when they won that Super Bowl, the last time he won an NFC Championship game. And we've had moments, again, it's in the playoffs, the NFC Championship game, it's difficult, you're playing Tom Brady, you're playing whoever you're playing, in which Aaron Rodgers had the ball and had the chance to win the game and hasn't. Well, that's happening now every week. Now, it was very, very clear yesterday because of the turnovers. Mahomes was enough at the end, Aaron Rodgers wasn't. I'm going to close with more from the book because Diesel asked me to. There was a quarterback with a large draw and many touchdowns. Why a jaw? That's so weird. I'm going to skip ahead and change a little bit. There was a king in Green Bay with a large jaw and many interceptions. And in both places, it was crystal clear to the GMs and coaches, it says Lord's Estate, that things in general were settled forever. Feels that way now, too. The Chiefs are a dynasty we've discussed that are just going to continue. And while they may play with their food, it may cost them rings, they're not going to have zero, and they're going to be, at worst, what the Packers used to be. 
a perennial favorite that comes up short seeking Super Bowls, plural. At worst, probably going to be much better. The Packers are the thing you fear most in sports because their quarterback is, and that's a has-been. Not as an insult, not as a put-down, as in Aaron Rodgers in the past has been in the regular season someone who would win you games, and he is no longer that guy, and we saw it yesterday. Tale of two quarterbacks is the reason we have very different realities in Green Bay versus Kansas City, and it was on stark display yesterday. Dickens. Hated Dickens, too. 855-212-4CBS. Um, what does Oliver Twist have to do with Clemson? Nothing. I'm not going to do that. I'm just kidding. But we are going to get into some more NFL news. We'll talk about the Bills' loss and some other surprises before we circle our way around to a chaotic college football weekend. All that's coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio's Rider Than You. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Should I do the same thing for the victory that was Dickens? Yeah! What is he talking about? I don't know. 855-2124-CBS is the phone number. You're right, Tom. You look befuddled. You got Friday energy on a Monday. <laughs> I do. It's the daylight savings, man. That you're, extra hour? You're a whole new person today. Yeah. And uh, and uh, missed you? Question mark. No, I don't. I don't think that's it. It's the sleep. It's the sleep. You were the same way. I called you. You're like, good morning. Instead of, you usually have to interpret your growls. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you right now. Oh, okay, cool. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Let's take a quick phone call. If you want to join the conversation, you can do that at eight five five two one two four CBS. We're going to Topeka, Kansas. Dalton is on the line. Dalton, appreciate you listening, buddy. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning. How are you guys doing? What up, dude? Good man. Hey man, just to say this, I've been a Bears and a Bengals fan my entire life since I was six. I know some people like two teams, whatever. It's been my whole life story. So. Nothing feels better to me. Bill, I called you Friday, and I told you, stick a fork in him. He's done. Aaron Rodgers is burnt toast. You can't put up 10 points against the Lions. He's done. 
And it feels phenomenal to see him struggle because he's such a pompous, arrogant person. There was no one he could blame but himself that last game. You are, Dalton, you're 100% right. I like the dog ground in the background. Awesome man, Aaron Rodgers. I like Diesel looking all nervous. I got a little nervous. You look nervous. Yeah, because you thought Dalton was going to be like, you know what Aaron Rodgers is? He's a. And then you'd have to dump him. But no, Dalton's a good caller. I didn't know if he had sound effects. I didn't know what that was. was. Good. I don't want to write off all time greats because people have bad stretches. But he does look. He looked washed in that game. The decision making, the focus. The athleticism, whatever, whatever it was. Oh, hi, Andrew Bogish. Good morning. Oh, hey guys, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was fine, uneventful. Uneventful. Got. It. Would either of you like to defend? Who's going to step up and say Aaron Rodgers still has it and he's going to be awesome? And I'm, 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 I'm riding with a Rod. You don't have to ride with the other arrogant, you know, self-involved stuff. Just the quarterback. You know what? I'll do it. Diesel yeah. looking around. I'll do it because there's there's no way he just stopped being a useful quarterback. He is all sorts of out of whack. I am not a fan of his, but it does take ten other guys to have success. Basically, no matter how good you are, and he's got nobody to throw the football to. However, yesterday should have been the day where he got healthy and they got right-ish against one of the worst defenses ever. And they scored nine points. So I'm really grasping at straws here. Now, when you're like, riding with Aaron like Rodgers and the Packers the rest of the way, what does that mean? That they will play better than their three and six record? That they will make the playoffs? What 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 do we have here? Um, no, just that he's not done. Um, that there will be a tiny, minuscule uptick at some point this season. But they are no longer a threat. They are no longer a danger. They are no longer a, a conference contender. All of that stuff is done. They are too broken for that stuff. I want to ask you a question that I might know the answer to, but I love that I can ask it so much. I don't know if you guys saw this, Bears lost, but Justin Fields set the uh, record for rushing yards by a quarterback beating Michael Vick, and it was a spirited performance. Who is currently a better quarterback? Aaron Rodgers or Justin Fields? <laughs> I love that I got to even ask it. Diesel, you take this one. Oh, no. I was hoping you would go first. Yeah, Trey Lance. <laughs> Trey Lance is the answer. Oh, man. I still have to go Aaron Rodgers. It has to be Aaron Rodgers still. I can't go that far. Me either. I'm with you. But I don't think it's an unreasonable, unreasonable question. Wait, wait. He can't go as far as taking Fields over Rodgers. But saying the Niners should stick with Trey Lance, not Tom Brady, was in within the realm of possibilities for you. Yes, you are on the same page now. You, okay. You get it now. Okay. Man, you took got a some, while. You got some energy today, too, Diesel. Uh, I was very happy for Tom Brady. I found myself weirdly, I don't like how much I like this guy now. If you missed the game, Rams-Bucks, two, I think, still pretty bad football teams. Each team needed a win. Looked like the Rams were going to win an ugly one. Tom Brady led the Bucks down the field for a game-winning drive. It was vintage old-school Brady, even if it's a bit of an illusion. And afterwards, and he comes to the podium, and he starts off with his own little announcement, and everybody, ah, it's funny, I'm going to listen to it. It was interesting. It was nice to hear Tom Brady sound like he liked something in his life again, even if briefly. That was awesome. <laughs> that was f***ing awesome. How much does this team need an emotional win like that? Uh, we needed it. We needed it. We got it. We fought to the end. Defense played great. Made some plays offensively. Um, you know, I know we left a few out there, but 
it's a t- you know it's a team's tough team. So uh, got some great players. Glad we won. Is that what you thought when you when you left the field and had your fist pumped in the air? This is effing awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That's why we play to get out there and win and give it all your all you got. Everyone was tired, threw the threw the ball a lot, pass protected against you know one of the great players of all time. Um, so guys made a lot of plays. It was great to see. Not to be the villain from A Tale of Two Cities, whose name I can't recall to bring the joke full circle, Diesel. The Joker. <laughs> not to be the Joker <laughs> oh, no. in his first appearance in literature. I was going to say Thor, but that's not it. Thanos. Thanos. Not to be Thanos from A Tale of Two Cities, <laughs> who was secretly the reason for the French Revolution's chaos before Napoleon took over. But what is that question? Is that why you pumped your fist? No, I pumped my fist just, you know, because I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a tick in my arm. That's the question from the reporter? Everybody was rooting for this dude yesterday. Uh, Everybody wanted to see him win, probably except Andrew Bogus. Ding, ding, ding. Now you I, get I, it. I don't think either football team is very good, by the way. There's no there's no um, resurrection of Brady's previous excellence in that drive. It was cool. It was nice to see the Rams are mediocre. The Bucks are mediocre. Do you know what's not mediocre? I'm going to read you guys a tweet. Did you see this? Disa, or I'm sorry, Bogus, I'm sure you saw a lot of chaos in college football this weekend. Pretty exciting. Good weekend for TCU. Clemson goes down. Alabama loses a stunner when Lion Kelly, the guy can coach. I know he can coach. I got it. I get it. Goes for two. I mean, just a lot. Of, Tennessee got dominated by Georgia. Here is, can I read you Tom DeCelestino's reaction to all this from Twitter? Uh, you can absolutely read it to me. Let's get into Diesel's take. Okay. <clears throat> This is from Tom. Tennessee lost. Alabama currently losing. Clemson currently losing. Michigan currently losing. And none of this would matter in an expanded playoff. Yup. Sure sounds like a good idea to me. Hashtag college football playoff. That was the perfect level of snark right there. Perfect. I think I I speak for America when I say, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, it's very straightforward here. You have all these big-time programs losing, including the number one team in the country, a powerhouse in Alabama, a powerhouse in Clemson. If you're putting 12 teams in the playoff, none of that matters. They will all be in the top 12 when the rankings get released tomorrow night at 7 Eastern. None of it will matter. All this chaos that we're talking about, there won't be any chaos. Agree to disagree. I think it opens up in the expanded playoff in a way it doesn't now. A path for LSU, or a, or a or a clearer path, a path for Ole Miss, a path for both Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan. I don't know if you saw this detail because it came after your tweet. Uh, scored 197 points against Rutgers in the second half. <laughs> yeah, they were losing at halftime. Dominated them. What a response. The takeaway for me, and there's a lot, and we'll get to it in a little bit. But for me, one of my takeaways is. And I think I asked this of somebody last week, and they they dismissed it even though they were interested in the idea. What if Michigan and Ohio State play a just a great football game, and it comes down to the wire, and one of those teams wins by a single possession? Why wouldn't you extend them an opportunity for them both to play in the college football playoff? If the, the winner of that game obviously wins the, the Big Ten championship game, and the answer is because you don't have an expanded playoff, and they're probably going to do some silliness. Now, maybe it's more likely now, but still not likely. I love what do you what do you mean? Listen, I like that college football is different than the NFL. It's not cut and dry. It's not watered down. Yes, like LSU, big time win against Alabama. Great for them. Notre Dame stinks this season. Big time win against Clemson. Good for them. 
You're supposed to be rewarding greatness in the college football playoff. You're just going to water it down with 12 teams. There's not 12 good teams in college football this year. There's, I don't there's know. a lot the, of mediocrity. The chaos, I think, might suggest there are two, maybe three, if you if you figure both Michigan and Ohio State, but maybe Georgia and maybe one other outstanding football teams, and then a bunch of others. But you're supposed. I mean, you're supposed to win games against high level competition under the duress of this is a playoff to be a champion. I got no issue making Georgia win a few extra games. Let's see him do it. Give me Michigan and Ohio State in there. Give me, I mean, I think the Big 12 had a very good weekend because of what happened, but give me a Big 12 school every year. Give me a Pac-12 school every year. I'm in. Yeah, Give me the playoff. And you know what? My favorite part of this would be that first weekend, the first round of this appears to be on site, which, which those atmospheres are going to be great. And now imagine True. if it's Alabama going somewhere else on the road, in the all-whites, in round one, trying to be Cinderella. I'm here for this. I mean, the, you see the negative, I see the positive of, like Bill said, whether the Big Ten loser, TCU, LSU, I see the chances for good teams to make a statement in January and December. I think that's good news. I'm all in. Get off of Twitter. Yeah, by the way, we might all be off Twitter in a week because that's going really well for Mr. Musk. He's just, that, that, that purchase is going great. So I can I just tell you, I secretly hate Twitter, or maybe not secretly since I say it all. I just don't like it, mm. but I have to sort of do it for work. I do it half-heartedly. I woke up today and this, what if they just screw up Twitter and Twitter goes away? It would be amazing. I'd love it. So no? I think there's something called Mastodon. I think that's the place people are, are suggesting. you. This? I don't have the ability to go somewhere else. Um, but I, what I want to know from our vantage point, which one of our, and you like to put us on the spot, so I'm not going to do it to you, Bill. Which one of our colleagues... Yeah is the first, has already done it, or will be the first to ask our boss if they'll pay the $8 a month. I've been thinking this for like two weeks Shep. now. Who? Shep. Shep. Okay, so I was thinking more along the lines of people who have the blue check already that want to keep it but Got don't want to spend the $8. Who says, hey, Odyssey, this should be on your dime? I can tell you, not me. I have the blue check, Mark. I don't care about it at all. I'm not going to pay $8 for it, especially if everyone has it. It actually might be a badge of honor not to have it Yeah, if everyone can, can get it. Who's the I'll, – I'll answer. I'm just trying to think who – I mean, who are the people that have it? DA, I'm going to go in the order of the lineup. DA has it. Yes, I, I have it. it. You have it. Yeah. Rome has it. Um, I'm assuming Maggie and Perloff have it. Definitely. Does Samter have it? No. Okay, then it would have been <laughs> Um Gelb has it. JR has it. JR has it, and Amy has it. We all have it, right? All the hosts have it? I believe everybody has it now. There was a while where we didn't, but everyone's got it. I might say Gelb. I think Gelb would just pay the money. You think he'd actually ask? So I think he would ask first and then pay to keep it. I think Gelb wants it, and he would make sure he kept it somehow. There's also well, different I, There's different vantage points here. There's people who, who think the company should pay for it just out of, like, the normal course of business. And then there might be people who say, I want it. I need to keep the blue check mark. I want somebody else to pay the $8, though. I'm not going to pay for it. And, I, and I'm not judging anyone who does. And it, apparently it helps with search and all these other things. But I, I am so uninvested in Twitter these days compared to 10 years ago. Here's my question. 
who are the people who don't have it that are just cannot wait till this thing launches or chopping at the bit for Wednesday? <laughs> well, Shep, I already said Shep. Yeah, Shep's a good one. <laughs> I also feel bad, I think, for Peter Schwartz, who, I mean, campaigned publicly. He wanted this thing so bad. Right. So bad. And would tweet the denials from Twitter, posted a little, you saw you've been declined over and over again. And within the last six months, one Tiki Barber phone call got him the blue check mark. No. And now everyone's going to have it. See, I don't understand the desire, and I love Schwartzy, but how many Twitter followers does Schwartzy have? More than you'd think because of all of the weird Islander, Long Island sports okay. news that he produces. Because I have, I don't even know. I've had the same number for two years. If I've stopped tweeting. 24,000, 20,000, I'm in that range. And I just don't care. I did care. I absolutely wanted it. I I, I applied for it. I, I have you don't to, have it? I have you to own have it. it. No, I do have it. And I got it without asking for it. But I did ask for it and got get turned down. So there was a time in my life where it where it mattered. I'm glad that I've grown up a little bit since then, and now it doesn't matter anymore. I'm, I was in the same boat. I have all of them because when Fox Sports One launched, when I used to work there, they all Facebook and all those guys came and we met with them and they gave us. So I have a verified stupid. Fa- I don't even like Facebook. I have two Facebook pages. One of them's like a. I don't even know what it is. I have it. It's like a special verified page. I got mm. a verified. I they're dumb. That's what I realized. I want the verified Instagram now. I'll be honest. I want that. I may not have that. I don't know. I, I'm never on Instagram. You did post on the other day though. Yeah, I was just. It was a beautiful sunset. So like the next day at noon, I'm like, I'll post it at noon. That's is this I, how the the Insta works? Yeah, I mean, I almost texted you like, you're on Instagram. I didn't even know. I opened Rarely. it. It was the first thing on top of my feet. I'm like, okay, there we go. I've Welcome got like aboard. 600 followers. That a lot. I don't even know what's a lot on Instagram. I've never. It's, I think I posted, it's not a lot. <laughs> posted nine times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. How many followers do you have on the on the gram? On the Insta? Uh that's a. I don't know. It's not. It's it's more family and like you know regular life than work. Yeah. Uh, I've got 1,100 followers. Okay, I gotta get on it. Or conversely, don't care. <laughs> Are you on the Insta there, Diesel? Uh, no, no, I am not. Okay, that was an instant answer right there. Was, uh, did you like the Tom? Did you like the we read we read some literature this morning? Bogus. Oh, I heard show. it. it. Was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was well done. Diesel insisted. Of course he did. The yeah. poet laureate of the show. Poet laureate, pretty daddy. <laughs> I nicknamed a guy at a tennis uh, Miracle Dove. What's better, Miracle Dove or Pretty Daddy? Pretty Daddy. Right? Yeah. Pretty Daddy still? Miracle okay. Dub does is not as smooth as Pretty Daddy. Pretty Daddy is real. How I got to figure out how to it's hard to get a nickname to stick when you don't work physically in the building. Would you be open de, uh, bogus to being my I did again, being my my nickname ambassador and just trying to slow, spread the word. Just tell people, "Hey, if you can call Tom Pretty Daddy in the hallway, we'd really appreciate it." Yeah, Are you I'll, open to that? Yeah, absolutely. I should have done it already, but without you asking, I will just begin to loudly call him Pretty Daddy in the newsroom and see and just it'll naturally stick. Ambassador Bogish is doing is doing the good work. Um what a day. We got a, we got Ambassador Bogish, we got a Tale of Two Cities, we got D Cell's tweet, which I didn't entirely understand. Do you you, you get the last word. Do you want to close anything on your tweet? I, I still don't get it. I don't know what there's not to get. There's no chaos this past Saturday if it's a 12-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just disagree with it. You get it, That's Bill. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You don't have to agree, but, I mean, it does make sense on some le- on some level. Maybe a small level. The I smallest think, I mean, level. Most levels. I think it would be interesting because I think then the question would become, does Alabama belong in a 12-team playoff? What happens if they lose 
another game. I just think the conversation shifts a little bit. I mean, Notre Dame's not getting in, but people would start certainly to to beat the drum for Notre Dame, and you start to have these conversations, and will I think about momentum in the second half of the season? Should we at a certain point take into account current performance? I just, I think it would be really cool and really fun, and I'm into it. I think D-Cell's great. And we're going to talk some more. You know what? Let's keep it going. Let's talk about Clemson losing and Alabama losing and Notre Dame stepping up to the plate and Tennessee getting embarrassed against Georgia through the prism of D-Cell's worldview after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogut. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. Dickens, Cowboy Tales, and D-Cell's Bold Tweets. Uh, This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast streamed live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, international series, holiday triple headers in every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. By the way, tonight, this is kind of cool. I meant to tell you this last week, but it's more pertinent now. Tonight, every single NBA game will stream for free on the app. The NBA has given every game free, and they're, they're not any games tomorrow encouraging people to vote. Tomorrow's obviously election day. So if you're looking for some random NBA action, D-Cell, if you want to watch some random game, some random team that's out of market, free today. My gift to you. It's actually the NBA's gift to you, but I'm going to take credit for it. I'm going to take advantage of it. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Get some streaming going. What a crazy weekend. Just to recap, Clemson didn't just lose to Notre Dame. They got embarrassed. Tennessee didn't just lose to Georgia. They got dominated by Georgia. Alabama didn't just lose to LSU. They did it in heartbreaking fashion in overtime when LSU went for two. I'm going to give you the explanation in a second, but very quickly. And Michigan didn't just beat Rutgers. They were a part of the conversation of what felt like chaos and upsets down at halftime and then finished in a blaze of offense. Final score, what, 52-17, I think you saw, was where that ended up. But there's so much to get into. The thing is, we sort of knew that that Georgia-Tennessee was going to tell us who the better team was. Georgia was the favorite. That felt expected, if not maybe in the fashion that that it happened. The fact that it's not a close game probably ends Tennessee's quest and hopes for a college college, football playoff opportunity in the the, uh, Final Four. D-Cell would have it that way forever. Now in a few years when it expands, it might be different. Same for Clemson. By the way, I saw some stuff over, over the weekend. 
that Clemson still has a path forward. Give me a break. They they don't belong. LSU's interesting. And even though I call him Lion Kelly because I don't like the way he left Notre Dame, the guy can coach. I knew he could coach. Pretty amazing. First season in the SEC. Beats a Nick Saban team. And did it in bold, gutsy fashion. Went for two. Game on the line. And he talked, Brian Kelly, after the game about why he decided to go for it. You know, it was a decision at that moment. Um, I I just felt as I thought about it, um, you know, if we could boil this game down to one play and and win this game um, before the game started, if you asked me, hey, I'm going to give you one play, and if you're successful on that one play, you beat Alabama, I would have taken that 100 times out of 100. Who right now for you had the better weekend? LSU, Diesel, Michigan, or Georgia? It's got to be Georgia. I, see, I I know that's the easy answer. Beating the number one team and beating them the way they beat them. They dominated. They made Tennessee but they look were the like... Favorite. They made Tennessee look like they don't belong in the conversation. And that's part of the reason I hesitate on giving them the crowning achievement of the weekend, even though it's the most important because it was inevitable. Alabama was something like a 13 or a 12-point or a 15-point. I can't remember. I didn't bet on the game. Favorite. And, and so for LSU to win that game, I it won't matter as much probably, probably, this year. And I'm not a big Lion Kelly fan, but it certainly might mark the start of an era. It might, it might be the real war cry that we look back at and say this was the moment we realized this was going to work. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just do at his post game press conference. He was relaxed. He was himself. He was can't, right. Victory over Nick Saban will make you that way. I noticed there was no accent. You don't need an accent. You can be yourself. Be yourself. I mean, I haven't done my old man voice yet on the air. And you, oh, what are you talking about? When I was younger, Nick Saban would have lost that game. He's lost something. <laughs> This is the Friday energy I'm talking about. Friday you energy love. on a Monday. How can you not love dude, the idea of a college football playoff, given all of this, all the teams that are suddenly in the mix? Suddenly in the mix, but Alabama would still be in the mix if it's 12-team playoff. Why not? I mean, if they're the thing about a playoff is if you're good enough. But that's where you, you lose that chaos from Saturday. There is no chaos. We would say, oh, Alabama still has a chance. They're only a two-loss team. Oh, Clemson only has one loss. They're still alive. No, these guys are written off now. They're done. Would you be more interested if they had home field advantage throughout the entire playoff other than the championship game? I think the way it's constructed now is the first round. You we'll know I'm more in favor of a two-team playoff than a 12-team D- playoff. Diesel wants a one. Diesel wants no playoff. He just wants voters to vote, and that's the national champion. <laughs> just name a champion. No game. Why are you a contrarian for the sake of being? You don't even believe what you're saying. I'm not alone on this, bro. You're on an island. You're on an island. All right, good stuff. Mike Florio, our friend, is going to talk to us about. A really interesting weekend in the NFL. We'll come back next year on CBS Sports Radio.